Good morning, and welcome to O-Readers Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, August 30th, 2016. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are at page 95, the third paragraph. Today's readers are on the 12 Steps, Charlene G., on the 12 Traditions, Anita L., and reading the text will be Katie G., Linda R., and Martha Z. The reference number for Monday, August 29th, is 9035. That's 9035. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. Our OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practices of 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Charlene G. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, this is Charlene G. in Idaho. Here are the 12 steps. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry it out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks. Pass. Thank you, Charlene. I will now ask Anita L. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, everyone. This is Anita L. from Philadelphia. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. 
three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and with that I pass. Thank you, Anita. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 95, paragraph 3. I will ask Katie G. to begin reading, and she'll be reading the last two paragraphs, and we will focus our comments on both of those paragraphs. Thank you. Katie G., may I be heard? Yes. This is Katie G. (laughs) Sorry, identity crisis. Hi, guys. (laughs) Katie G., good morning. Recovered Combustible Reader, Anorexic and Bleemic Reading. If he is sincerely interested and wants to see you again, ask him to read this book in the interval. After doing that, he must decide for himself whether he wants to go on. He should not be pushed or prodded by you, his wife, or his friends. If he is to find God, the desire must come from within. If he thinks he can do the job in some other way or prefers some other spiritual approach, Encourage him to follow his own conscience. We have no monopoly on God. We merely have an approach that has worked with us. But point out that we alcoholics have much in common 
and that you would like in any case to be friendly. Let it go at that. Ah, setting my timer. Good morning, everybody. Lots to talk about. So um, if he is sincerely interested, I mean, I know the only thing that got me sincerely interested was my own, my own disease. Um, you know, especially, you know, I'm somebody, guys, I did the steps and I ate again. I did the steps and I lied and exercised bulimically and was starving myself and um, and and using food addictively, right? Like I, I didn't have God and no amount of frothy emotional appeal. And that's really what we're talking about, right? Pushing or prodding, no amount of frothy appeal could get to me. No amount of, hey, Katie, this works, I swear, like, you guys have a powerful message. We have a message of depth and weight. I mean, we have some heavy hitters on this line. It is a privilege to hear your experience every day. And it fell on deaf ears until I was ready, until I was ready. Um, and, you know, I think the more I've been in the rooms, the more I know I don't have a monopoly on God. And there are, there's one way to find God, and that is through the steps. And the only way I have gotten to the steps is for me entire abstinence. And that has been, you know, a long journey for me in terms of being an anorexic and bulimic. And I only know, like, what works for me today, what gets me to God. And, and I don't know what's best for me, and I don't know what's best for you. Um, and until my butt was completely on fire, I was completely uninterested in what other people had to say. Um, and I didn't care. Like, I think the best thing about me is every day that I've come to love, every day I have this desire to grow and change. And that is the desire that comes from within. Um, and nobody can give that to me. Um, and the more I stayed in the rooms, the more I'm clear, like, when people ask me to sponsor them, like, I just let them know what it is I do, what has been helpful for me. The only things that have, the only kind of structure and boundaries that I have needed within my own program um, to get me to God so that I stopped using anorexia and bulimia, so that I stopped using food as a solution. Because there are many approaches to God, right? But like what's blocking me may not be blocking you. But in order for me to get to God, I have to uncover what's blocking me, discover it, and discard it. And I don't know what that's going to take, right? But if I put my hand in yours with that willingness, that desperation of a drowning man each and every day, maybe you can show me, maybe you can guide me. So it is a privilege to be guided by all of you. And more importantly, today, thank God to have the privilege of guiding others. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, KDG. Okay, who would like to comment on these two paragraphs? This is Bella. Can I share? Kim G. I heard Bella. Kim UL. G. Tina S. Larry. UL. Tina S. Rita P. Larry. Rita Sharon H. G. Sharon H. Someone G. Who is that? Sue G. You all? I got you, do. Oh, Amy okay. G. Amy G. Okay, I think that's get... a good lineup. Go ahead. Did you get Kim I J? I said or... your name. I got you. 
Okay. okay. Bella G, Kim G, Du L, Tina S, Larry K, Reva P, Sharon H, Sue G, and Amy G. Okay. So, Bella, you're up, followed by Kim. Thank, thank you. Good morning. My name is Bella G, and I am a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Katie, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. Wow, such wonderful, wonderful paragraph. He must decide for himself. Yes, thank you, God, that it's a reminder for myself that I am human and I am powerless and I don't have a control. I don't have a control for nobody and for nothing. I am here only a messenger, a messenger of God. So my job here is to share my experience strength, and hope. And, you know, I cannot force nobody, and I cannot insist nobody. And the person has to decide for himself and to take responsibility for his own life. I can remind him and I can share with him that we share, you know, a common disease. And yes, I can say that, yes, I am a compulsive overeater, and I can share my experience and my struggle, but everybody is responsible of himself, for himself. And this is the beauty of the program, that it's not a relationship as a teacher and a student. I am here not a teacher, and I my job is not to force nobody. My job is to listen and to understand and to give, to let other people go, you know, their own space. And, you know, everybody is a person by himself. And just to let him decide when he, when he is ready. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Bella. Okay, we have Kim G followed by Du L. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. He must decide for himself whether he wants to go on or not. So we have the if he's not interested and if he's sincerely interested. So for me, the way that I approach this is I offer to take someone through the doctor's opinion because it's imperative that we identify those alcoholic foods because we must be abstinent in order to proceed. So I kind of consider that the Bill and Ebby kitchen table talk. I kind of assume most people are still eating while I'm doing that, whether they're doing it knowingly or maybe unknowingly because they haven't had the experience of identifying those alcoholic foods. And at that point, I tell them my requirements because as sponsors, we can have requirements. You know, what time that I'm available, the frequency, how I want to handle the tools, how do I want to handle the food as far as committing it. And at that point, I explain to them, this is what I require. Are you willing to put the food down, and are you willing to fulfill these requirements? And at that point, someone can make a decision, yes. And if they say yes, awesome, let's go, let's make an appointment in a couple days, you have the food down, clarity for a couple days, let's move on through the steps. And if no, that's okay too. I offer fellowship and friendship, because I can't help someone that's not willing to do the work and not willing to put the food down. And part of that is we have no monopoly on God. You know, this, I don't believe that God is, is contained only in this first 164 pages. 
I just know this is where I specifically found God. And on one page, 164, it says we cannot transmit something we don't have. So the only thing that I can transmit is this big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. It doesn't mean it's the only way. I'm a one-trick pony. Damn good trick, but I'm a one-trick pony. So if he wants to use other literature in Overeaters Anonymous, in Alcoholics Anonymous, outside of the, of, the, of the approved material, go for it. But I can't transmit that because I didn't have an experience with those books. And as a member of, of Overeaters Anonymous, I think it's important for me to know other people that use the other books, maybe that have a different approach to the big book. So if someone is saying, I need to talk to someone every day, and I don't do that, maybe I know a fellow that does do that, and I can refer them to that person. So I want to encourage that person to find that truth. And if they follow a path that's not step-based, that's not you know, in alignment with the spiritual experience, and they're the real compulsive overeater, I don't need to convince them. Because when they try that approach, they're going to fall on their face if they're, not, if they're the real compulsive overeater. And at this point, I've, just, I've offered friendship and fellowship. So hopefully, when the food beats them into submission, they're going to be willing to come back and they're going to reach out their hand. And as the OA Responsibility Pledge says, it is my responsibility to make sure my hand is available. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Okay, Duel, you're up, followed by Tina F. Good morning. This is Duel, com, uh, Recover Compulsive Overeater from New York. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, I I love what Kim had to say, as always. And um, I just wanted to also touch on that, that, you know, if a person's interested, um, you know, one of the things I know, you can't say the wrong thing to someone that is ready to hear the message. And by the same token, you can't say the right thing to someone that's not ready to hear the message. Um, and so it's a, a one, one person job, right? It, it must come from that person and he has to decide for himself if he wants to go on. And, you know, when I'm sponsoring, I, you know, I tell my sponsees, I have my recovery. I'm good. And, you know, it, when I hang up the phone with you, you're the one who's going to be suffering with the disease. You know, so it's your choice whether you want to move towards the solution or towards the problem. You know, um, I can't, you know, I'm not your guardian angel. I'm not your higher power. I can't give you the willingness. It has to come from within you. And, you know, and they could decide, you know, at that point that they want to try some other approach. Um, and it says here we have no monopoly on God, you know, about those approaches. They can try religion. They could try self-help books. They could try diet. They could try um, therapy. They could try, you know, other, other methods. Um, and, and the experience is, you know, if you go back to the doctor's opinion, um, you know, is that Dr. Silkworth tried a different approach, right? He tried the medical view approach. And only 2% recovered. Only 2%. Um, so that means one out of 50, one out of 50 people recovered with Dr. Silk's worth approach. So they're saying here, we have no monopoly on God. You know, if you want to try a different method and it works for you, great. But if you're the true compulsive overeater and you have no way out and you have no solution and you can't seem to get out, no matter what approach you try, try your approach. Try this approach. You know, we merely have an approach that works with us. And what is the approach? This book. 
this book and this program of recovery, the 12 steps. And if nothing else works for you, then come alongside of us. Come alongside those who have recovered, those who have found jo happy, joyous, and freedom in this approach. You know, and, and that's all we have to offer. You know, it's not about ego. It's not about being better than. It's about finding a way out. You know, because if you're anything like me, if you have suffered like I have, then you know that you need more, something that has death and weight and that can't be a, a mere um, soluble solution. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Duel. Okay, Tina S., you're up, followed by Larry Kay. Thanks, Katie. Tina S., compulsive eater, anorexic in Florida. Well, wow, heard some really good stuff this morning. Uh, you know, I, I too, um, you know, when I'm approaching the man or he's approaching me or she or whoever, you know, um, they're certainly in the powerlessness and unmanageability of this disease, you know. And so I'm sharing the hope, which is in the second step. And, and I like what I hear on the lines that, you know, um, I can certainly relate to the powerlessness and unmanageability. And, um, and the willingness in step three, you know, must come from him and within. And it had to for me because I cannot – I over the years, I have certainly wanted to have the willingness for somebody else, and that's just not the case. And, um, you know, and I like that it talks about OA and, and A, that AA does not have a monopoly on God. And a lot of times I say this for me because when I first got here, I thought this was the only way. So I have to remind myself that, you know, we do not, and this big book does not have a monopoly on God. There are other ways that work for other people, but certainly this is what has worked for me, you know, and... um you know, and I share that, you know, if, if he's an alcoholic or a compulsive eater like I am, you know, and like it's already been shared, if his way is not working, you know, he is certainly welcome. And I I uh, really want to be of service and help to him and that let's do this deal, you know. Let's start in the beginning of the book, you know, at, at the cover of the book where it's blank and I know nothing because when I got here, I thought I knew a lot. Well, what I continue to know is I don't really know much. But I am so eager to learn how and can continue on a daily basis to, to stay in recovery one day at a time and to do the deal. And it, and it has to be every day, one day at a time. And um, so I'm glad to be here, and I'm certainly glad to hear all the good stuff. So thanks. I'll pass. Thank you, Tina. Okay, Larry Kay, you're up, followed by Reva P. Thanks, Katie. Um, Larry K. Recovered Compulsive Reader from Chicago. I'm, can you hear me okay, Katie? I'm sort of uh, in a tunnel here. Yes, you don't sound like okay, in a tunnel. Okay, good, good, good. Um, you know, uh, it talks about um, the fact that we, we don't have a monopoly, you know, on, on God here. We don't have a monopoly on this situation. And, and a monopoly is defined, you know, for our purposes as an exclusive possession or control of something. You know, we, we have no exclusive possession or control over God or over the higher power. You know, you can be assured of that. And that, that's the beauty of what this program provides for the, for the, the still suffering compulsive reader. Um, you know, we're, we're not told you must believe in God or, nor the higher power of my understanding only the God of your understanding. And, you know, now that being said, I will tell you just all I can share is my experience because that's all I, all I had, you know, all I have. And on page 28, it talks about what seemed at first a flimsy read. Yes, it seemed very flimsy to me. 
just a little flimsy reed floating down the floating down the river has proved to be the loving and powerful hand of God. A new life has been given us, or if you prefer a design for living that really works. And and that's my experience. So that's what I share with people. You know, I, I've I've been approached by atheists. Um I say I've been approached. You know, I'm not chasing anyone down. <laughs> Thank, thank goodness this program, people find something that's attractive. Uh, I can assure you, well, it's not me because uh, I wasn't a very attractive person. My, you know, God has scrubbed my thinking and thus my behavior because my behavior is just a an outcome of, of my prevailing thinking. So that, that, mu- that, that must be attractive. I know I found it attractive in you. And people, so whether you're atheist, you're agnostic, uh, you're, uh, you're Christian, you're Jewish, you're Muslim, you're Buddhist, you're some variation. It really doesn't, I could care less. I, I don't know enough about that. That Whatever this God is, I, you know, I, I don't understand. I just know that this is a spiritual program. This is the only thing that has ever worked for me, and it continues to work, not just with the food, but with my entire makeup as, an, as, a, as a man changed my life dramatically so if you can find some other way that works for you terrific but it is a spiritual program i don't i don't tiptoe around that it's a spiritual program i don't define what god is what god isn't i'm not smart enough to understand that i never will be i'm just a human being out here i don't know i just know that this is how i became i'm sure of it I'm sure of it. This is how I became aligned with my higher power, the higher power of my own understanding. And as a result of that, I've changed in dramatic fashion. And if a guy like me can change in dramatic fashion, I have a sneaking suspicion you can change as well. Because I did not get here on any sort of winning streak. I got here on a roaring losing streak. And this changed my life. So I don't try to persuade anybody. Now, I've heard it said, we just have to, you know, this higher power can't be me. And, and, you know, that may seem obvious to some people. It's like, well, duh, of course it can't be you. But, but, but I'll tell you, my higher power was me because I was running the show. I was making the decisions. The food never flew off the refrigerator shelf uh, down my gullet. I picked it up every time. So you know, this God, I was playing God. I was playing the higher power, however you define it. You're atheist. If you're, if you are that higher power, then, you know, good luck to you. I just know whether you believe in God, whatever your definition is, it just cannot be you because if it's you, you're running the deal. You're running the deal for you and you're running the deal for your sponsees. You are the deal. I'm not the deal. I know I'm not the deal. With that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry. Okay, Reva P., you're up, followed by Sharon H. Good morning. This is Reva P., grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. I'm paying attention to uh, some of the words in that first paragraph, and for me, I see a difference between people who are interested um, and people who are sincerely interested. And I'll tell you, the people who are interested wouldn't even pick up this book and glance through it, let alone work the rest of the steps. So first of all, a person needs to be sincerely interested. And then I love how he puts these two musts 
must decide for himself and the desire must come from within, which means I need to pay attention to that because there are only so many musts in the big book. Um, and that just reminds me, you know, in my experience, people hinted that I might have a problem with food and weight way before I came into program. Um, I was not receptive at all. If anything, it just fed my resentment. Anybody who commented on my body weight um, was my enemy. <laughs> um, so I needed to decide for myself. And that applies not just to the food and putting the food down, but continuing this work and letting go of old beliefs and old ways of thinking, which result in old ways of behaving and being, um, I need to decide for myself. I need to be in pain, and I need to find um, behaviors over and above the food um, that are objectionable. They have to be objectionable to me. I have to not want to be that person anymore for me to decide for myself to be willing to do the work um, and let God change me. Um, so that's a great reminder. And I love this business, the humility of saying we merely, are you kidding? Do you know how many millions of people have recovered through the 12 steps? But we merely have an approach that worked for us, which reminds me that um, humility um, is what guides me in this work. You know, I can suggest, I can share what works for me, um, but if somebody feels there's another way let them try it. In all my years in this program, I haven't seen one person go out um, and come back saying, look at me, I'm thin, happy, joyous, and free. If anything, people come back way heavier, more miserable, and um, the disease then persuades them to do the work. Um, with that, I pass. Thank you, Reva. Okay, Sharon H., you're up, followed by Sue G. Good morning, Katie. This is Sharon H. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Okay. Uh, this is Sharon H., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Colorado, by God's grace in working these 12 steps. I'm just so grateful to be a part of this phone line meeting. Um, and I was just kind of summarizing what it has here in these paragraphs. Uh, if he is sincerely interested and wants to see you again, Give him this AA book to read and ask him if he's willing to go on. Don't try to push or prod him. If he is to find God, the desire must come from within. And so what's, what, what does it mean within? Well, for me, as I understand that by going through this process line by line, paragraph by paragraph, that's uh, God's grace and power at work within our minds and in our inner being to convince us, number one, of the seemingly hopeless state of mind and body that this disease has over us, which I did not uh, accept to the core of my being. That's why I struggled for so many years to get abstinent and stay abstinent. And, um, and if he wants to choose another way, encourage him to follow his own conscience. And, um, and then what I just heard, which was so neat, humility, we merely have an approach that worked for us. And that's what... Uh, we've been given then to carry carry to the next uh, person. And um, because it was the doctor's opinion when I first came on this line and, and listened, you know, line by line, paragraph by paragraph, it was like, uh, God, as I understand him, 
shining a flashlight into this uh, thick head of mine that just did not get it and was so ashamed because I'd done it so many ways and, and for so long. And, um, and there it was, you know. I, I mean, it was just like a light bulb going off in my head, and I'm so grateful for that. So I usually start with people if they call me and go through the doctor's opinion. And with some people that works and some people it doesn't. But it helps me to know that that's what convinced me finally to see the truth and no longer live in the lies that I kept telling myself. And uh, so I'm so grateful for that, and I'm so grateful to be on this line, and I'm so grateful that here in Colorado, I just got to put a little plug in there, <laughs> we're having a meeting once a month now uh, up until the state convention that we're having here. Um, and so there are so many people coming that have been in OA like me for a long time and some that are brand new, but that are beginning to listen to this phone line meeting. What a gift. What a miracle. And I'm so very grateful, very grateful to be a part of that. And um, so I welcome everybody out on the line, whether you're brand new or whether you've been like me, struggling for years. This will work if we follow the precise directions that are laid out in this book so simply and yet so concisely. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Katie. Thank you, Sharon H. Uh, Sue G, you're up, followed by Amy G. Then we'll open it up for more people. Thanks. <clears throat> Thanks. This is good morning. This is Sue G from Michigan. I recovered by the grace of God. Um, if we have to find God, he, the desire must come from within. Um, if they're willing to at least... Uh, do the steps looking for God, looking for an alternate way rather than himself. Um, to me, uh, I, I personally have a hard time figuring out how an atheist uh, can find God because there is no God. Uh, so... I would have a hard time working with that kind of a person who's closed off to begin with, who's not even open to having, finding, looking, taking, seeing if there is a God uh, out there, in there, because that's come from within. But if they, uh, it's a little confusing to me here because it says, uh, if he thinks he can do the job in some other way, then I can understand where you would jump down and say, you know, we can still be friends, uh, follow your own conscience. But when it says some other spiritual approach, I don't know what that other spiritual approach would be. Um, so I'm not sure what they're what they're referring to because they don't really say. But if if they if their approach is religion, if their approach in mine was religion and it, it didn't it didn't take me away from the food. But going beyond religion and and um well, maybe I just wasn't like like the big book says. You know, you're not using uh, God correctly. You're not praying correctly, and uh, you know that's all the things that I was doing. But I'm I'm willing to search out um, a God of my understanding that that where it's not me anymore. I mean, you can be in religion and still have God as you, you, you know. You can still be 
playing God, and I certainly was doing that. Um, but so I'm not sure at what point, it, unless they have another way. Well, I, I, I'd rather have a more gentle way. I, I don't really. I, I've read the book. I don't really want to um, work the program that way. That's when you part ways and say, but I'd like to still be friends. Um, I, too, am interested in, in what other people um, are using, but not as, a, not as a sponsor because I can only sponsor through the big book. Um, it's the only way I was taught um, what that worked, and, um, and with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sue. Okay, Amy G., you're up. Good morning, Katie. Thanks for your service. My name is Amy G. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Well, at the risk of sounding like a broken record, uh, I'm going to focus on this as well. If he thinks he can do the job some other way or prefer some other spiritual approach, encourage him to follow his own conscience. I don't know about you all, but it's it's sometimes really hard when someone asks you to sponsor them to really discern um, if they are really ready, willing, and desperate enough to want to work this program the way it's laid out in this book. And I think what's important for me as a sponsor is to remember to always be there, to be at the meeting, to carry a message of recovery of what this big book describes, and be open when someone asks me to sponsor them, realizing that they themselves may not even be sure. And like Kim was saying earlier in the meeting, it's important I try to explain the disease, explain my experience, and what my recovery process was, explain what my requirements are as a sponsor, and then let them let them decide. I mean, I was told early in my sponsorship experience by my sponsors that I'm just as powerless over their disease as I was over mine, but for the grace of God in this program, in these 12 steps. I need to be gentle, but I also need to be discerning as a sponsor. And I hate to be a Debbie Downer, but... You know, statistically, I've I've had the honor and the privilege to sponsor for almost three decades. And I can tell you statistically, and I was told this by someone in the program that I highly respected, that, you know, for every six or eight people that I sponsor, I would be blessed to have two that really grabs hold of this program and works it like their life depends upon it and recovers. That's two out of six or eight people. That's the cunning and baffling and deadly and fatal malady that we deal with when we sponsor. And if I walk away having carried a message to the best of my ability, I ensure the immunity for myself and my recovery and keeping spiritually fit. But sometimes it's really difficult to discern that and sometimes we have to let people go. And it never works perfectly. I mean, we're all, we're all humans. It's not that easy. I mean, this paragraph says if, if we have to, we have to let them go and we wish them well. And we try to remain friends. And and that's something else that I feel is important for us to do in meetings is that if we don't see people or if we tried working with someone and we had to let them go or they decided they wanted to try another approach, you know, one of the things we do is we give them a call every once in a while. We say, hey, how you doing? I'm not chasing them down to do that. I'm just extending fellowship and saying we're here if you want to come back. You know, that's what we can do. We can extend love and fellowship. We don't have to carry them but we can always carry a message by expressing that love and friendship and hopefully be there at the meeting when they come back so we can continue to share the message of this recovery. So that I'll pass. Thank you, Amy. Okay, is there anyone else who would like to share on this, um, these two paragraphs? 
What page, please? We're at the bottom, the last two paragraphs on page 95. Okay, now I'm completely brainless. Okay, Nessa R. Lauren S. I got Lauren S. Barbara B. Miriam T. Barbara B. Vasaki. Melissa C. Melissa C. Miriam T. Miriam T. Okay, what time is it? Uh, oh, it's 7.40. Okay, well, I'm sorry. Um, we only will have time for for four people probably. So yeah, I have Nessa R., Lauren S., Barbara B., Vasa O., Melissa C., and if we have time, Miriam T. Okay, so go ahead, Nessa R. Thank you. Good morning, Vision, for you. This is Nessa R., recovered in Toronto, Canada. There's a lot of ifs on this page, and they're all very, very, very important, but none um, is um, as important to me as if he is sincerely interested. And for the longest time in the rooms, I had no clue what this if he is sincerely interested meant. Um, You know, I came in very overweight, um, desperate, well, maybe not quite desperate, living with uh, this this low-grade misery, and I struggled in the rooms for years and years and years. You know, I saw people who were happy and jo- or seemed happy, joyous and free, but they were still fat. And I saw people who were thin, but were still, um, you know, angry and miserable and insane. And, you know, that that didn't spur any interest in my part. And the meaning of if he is sincerely interested, I... I, I, I I learned when I finally met somebody in the rooms in whom the problem had been solved. And I realized right then and there that not only I wanted what she had, but I was willing to do what she did. And that to me is the difference between um, being interested and being sincerely interested as has been shared before, you know, and in recovery, I have met a lot of people who are interested in what I want, in what I have but they're not interested in doing what I do. Um, and, you know, that's the way I came in. You know, I wanted, I wanted a magic pill that would enable me to eat all the cheesecake I wanted and still be thin. Uh, but that is not God's plan. I mean, if that was God's plan, I wouldn't even be here. I would be out there eating cheesecake and being thin. So, you know, this taught me that now as a recovered person, you know, I have a responsibility. And the responsibility I have is, to be the message, not only to try to carry the message, but it's also to be the message because that's what really woke me up. That's what really made me sincerely interested. And when I uh, met my sponsor, you know, if she had told me eat a bowl of grass and run three times around the block, um, I would have done that. I wanted what she had, but I was willing to do what she did. And, you know, gracefully she, she told me what it was and she took me through the steps according to the big book after I uh, put down the food. Um, and, you know, this, this was like a, a big awakening for me, you know, to, to see somebody uh, who was in a fit body, in a normal sized body, and who was happy, joyous, and free. And I'd never seen that before. And at that point, um, I became sincerely interested um, 
without any pushing or prodding by anyone, not even her. I mean, she never approached me. I approached her. Um, and that is the magic of our, of our program and our recovery, and I pass. Thank you, Nessa. Lauren S., you're up, followed by Barbara B. Okay. All right. Um, can you hear me okay, Katie? Yes. Cool. All right. So, Lauren S., recovered um, compulsive eater and sponsor. Um, so, yeah, this book is just such a such a gem. I mean, this is really all I use for for help with my proteges. Um, this is it, you know, one, one, so the spiritual approach I use is the big book, and I let protege, like, possible proteges know that after we have our second talk, and after they say, all right, Lauren, like, what did you do? Like, I need your help. Um, um, you know, I asked them, do you believe you're the chronic real compulsive eater? Like, does it, have you tried everything? Does it get worse, your obsession? And are you willing to do anything, go to any lengths to stop for good, to put the food down for good? Like, I often say things like, are you willing to strive for permanent abstinence? Um, strive for that, you know? And, you know, as long as they meet those conditions that they believe they're the real deal and that they're willing to do go to any lengths to stop for good, I say, all right, that's cool. Let's move on. And, um, you know, by this point in the book, I have talked about the big book. Um, I make no qualms about that I use the big book. Just like, you know, they say in the amends, we make no qualms about our eating. We tell the person, like, we're a compulsive overeater. I make, I make no qualms that this is all I use, the big book. And at this point, um, often, like, just because we have such a great mental obsession about the food, like, food plans come up. And when that happens, I just say, you know what? Like, that is can be incredibly vital and important, but in addition to the big book. <laughs> like, I'm never going to sponsor somebody without going through the step work. Um, but I always say, you know, you must put the food down and have that down. You must strive for permanent abstinence. And then we get right through the steps in the big book. Um, so here, like, you know, other spiritual approach. This book is so cool because it's it offers nothing but friendship and love and tolerance to the person who might want to do something differently. Mm-hmm. And... You know, if someone was dying of cancer and they said, you know what, I really don't feel comfortable doing chemotherapy. I want to do, like, this more naturopathic way. Um, you know, I would leave – it would be hard, but i leave them with friendship and fellowship. I would never Time. give them hate and anger. So, all right, work the steps in the big book because that would be the real deal. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Lauren. Okay, Barbara B., you're up, followed by Vasa O. Thank you. This is Barbara B., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Massachusetts. We have no monopoly on God. We merely have an approach that worked for us. I can't 
read it often enough, think about it often enough, because it gets me out of that tendency that I had and that I can go back to that I need to persuade, I need to convert. And if you reject what I'm presenting, you reject me, I get in the way. So I have an approach that worked for me. Well, I tried many other spiritual approaches. I tried religious practices, religious services. It didn't get at the disease of compulsive overeating. I needed that piece, that 12-step piece that was missing. And then I tried the other ways without a spiritual approach, and that didn't work. So this approach, (coughs) that combination of a spiritual program combined with a practical program of action is what saves me, saves me, and continues to save me. And that's the message that I can carry. So I really have to be reminded that I'm not about to engineer another person's recovery. The desire has to come from within. And as uh, I can attest, that desire comes when I'm beaten enough and I my ears are opened enough and blown out enough to hear it. And Yet I can't hesitate to talk about God because the book is filled with God. It's everywhere. We're going to talk about God. So I can't shy away from that either. And I remember, I'm remembering this morning, an early sponsor who gave me uh, as a supplementary book, an AA book called Came to Believe. And I just didn't get it. I just hadn't gotten to that point where the desire was coming from within. I wanted what she had but it wasn't coming from within. She gave me another copy of the same book three years ago for me to look at again. I had to come to believe, come to believe that it's a combination of uh, my own you know, conception of God and this program. And that's the message I can carry because that's my experience. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Barbara. Vasa O, you're up, followed by Melissa C. Vasa, press star one to unmute. Sorry, I thought I was unmuted. Good morning, everyone. Vasa, grateful, recovering, compulsive overeater. And Katie, thank you so much for your service. And I thank God for leading me to OA, the big book and the 12 steps. Uh, This was the answer to my problem, recognizing the disease, identifying and then no, nobody was forcing me to stay in and nobody's forcing me to get, pushing me out of the program. And it, it's such a wonderful program. There's no pressure. There's no stress for me. If you want to do the work, you'll rip up the results as you go along working the steps the way they're laid out. And this is such a gift for me, you know. And I could just, you know, point people, you know. I don't have to force it, you know. I just said, this is what I'm doing. And it's, it's, I'm off the hook, you know. If you want to do it, this is the way I'm, I've done it. This is, this is the way it's working for me. And believe me, I've tried everything out there in the world to stop my addiction, the compulsion. It just did not work. And, yes, I was agnostic, probably to an atheist person before I came to OA. Um, but, you know, when it came to the food... I was ready and willing to surrender, you know, whoever you are out there, please help me because it's not working, you know, for me. I'm try- I've been trying to do deal with this for 25 years of my life, and it's not working any longer. 
And I'm so grateful I heard this was a spiritual program. It was not a religious program. And if I went to a church basement the first meeting, I probably would have ran out, you know. But anyways, I thank God the, the meetings were at hospitals or office buildings at the beginning, and then gradually I started trusting. I started even going to church basements, you know, the fear of God, um, yeah. But anyways, I'm just so grateful to be with every one of you. And uh, again, I needed to decide for myself. Nobody could convince me that I was a food addict, um, you know, that I was a compulsive overeater. I, 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 I didn't want to die. I was ready and willing to, to surrender and to do the, take the action to do this work because I did not want to die. And I've been living for the next 30 years since I came to program in a peaceful, joyful life. And if not, if things, yes, things crop up, but I, need, I know what I need to do. I need to go to my higher power. I need to go to other people. So I have the higher power. I have that God in my life that I didn't have before. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. Okay, we have time for Melissa C. And I'm sorry, Miriam T., if you could please, um, if you can, come for the second hour. Hi, good morning. It's Melissa C. Recovered Compulsive. Desire must come from within if they think they can do it some other way. Um, encourage him to find his own conscience, you know. Um, yesterday, I ran into someone who I haven't seen in a long time, and she's gained a tremendous amount of weight. Um, I know she's had other addictions, um, and when she was asking me about my weight loss, I hadn't seen her since I was much heavier. Um, and, of course, she wanted to know what diet I'm doing. You know, when I see people and they talk about they think they can do it some other way, often I'm carrying the message to people who who are focused on weight loss, and they, they often think they are looking to see if they can do that some other way, maybe not yet um, aware of, of what it is that we're up against and that weight loss is just a piece of that. You know, but um, she wanted to know what diet I'm doing. She was like really inquiring about my diet, and um, she was hoping that I did the surgery. You know, because um, she confided that she's following that path. She's doing the diet right now um, that you're recommended to do before the surgery, and that all of her other friends who've done the surgery have done. Um, and you know, when I talked about OA. She actually groaned, you know, and said, oh, really, that's it? Um, and uh, she actually said, I thought you would say the surgery, you know. Um, and when I started to say my truth, you know, that I'm a food addict and um, surgery can't fix what's broken in me and we, my weight loss is a result of not eating compulsively, of not eating my alcoholic foods, and that I'm not on a diet, um, Quickly, she said, oh, I, I already lost 30 pounds using the shakes. And, you know, at this, I wished her well. And I said, um, if at any time you want to talk to me, I'm happy to talk to you about what it is I'm doing. You know what? And the truth is, I mean it. You know, do I believe her way will work? No, I don't. Um, do I think the solution is in this big book and in our 12 steps? Absolutely. But, you know, I don't know. Um, and uh, perhaps more struggling is in her future, or maybe she really has stumbled on her, her cure. Um, 
you know, all I know is my part. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Can I be heard? I'm sorry. Okay. Thank you, Melissa C. Um, And thank you to everyone who has shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Linda R. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Yes. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for your service. Linda R. recovered in North Carolina. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.